Welcome back to Square Horror. I'm your Duke of Spook, Danny. I'm your ready to fucking play ball master of ceremonies because we finally get to talk about Saw 5. Saw 5. For love of fuck. I'm so excited. <laughs> Before I scaled back, um, my uh, outline was 11 pages long. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I, I told you I scaled back. I sprinkled it all throughout uh, the next <laughs> two to three episodes, mostly two episodes. So don't worry. Um, as as bare and, and boring as you probably thought six and seven were going to be, now they're hefty with lore. Good. <laughs> Just oozing with lore. <laughs> Most of which, like I told you, doesn't matter at all. Like, it literally mm -hmm. was just, like, me yelling at myself for no reason. <laughs> I was like, that doesn't make sense. And I'm like, who's arguing it? Nobody's arguing it but you. <laughs> uh, all right. I've, I've just lost myself on the saw rabbit hole, man, honestly. <laughs> I don't know about you. I mean, you at least, like, aren't, like, you've got all the rest of the kids up there. You know, you're still, uh, yeah. like, you guys, like, you can, someone can put you in check. No one's putting mm -hmm. me in check but you, and you're doing this with me. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it gets a little dangerous. Yeah. I, I've just, fuck. I'm so excited that we're over halfway starting with this. No, we're not. Mm -hmm. I lied. <laughs> we're not. No, after this one, we're more than halfway. There'll be nine. Well, okay, after this one, we'll be more than halfway. But, like, four, we weren't. Halfway mm -hmm. through this episode, we'll be halfway done. Yes. Okay. Are you ready to uh, go? I'm, I'm particularly proud of this outline. I'm the, really excited part. based off of your intro alone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I really hyped it up. Go. Well, listen, I, I was very excited when I wrote you that. Uh, the excitement <laughs> has kind of worn off. And I'm not sure how great it is. Um, it, I don't know if it's the scale of yeah, like having you know uh, uh, like a radio announcer read it, but you know, <laughs> it's okay. Um, <clears throat> I am still among you. After four movies of inconceivable twists and chaotic turns, the Jigsaw Killer is dead. But legacies are immortal. Saw 5 takes the gripping narrative of the brutal crime drama we've been strapped into and continues stoking the fire underneath it. This time, with more flashbacks of John during the overture periods of his mission, the recruitment of Detective Hoffman, and how his wife Jill may hold the entire game together, the relentless scramble to stop the Jigsaw Killer is temporarily put to rest with this movie opting for a more personal cat-and-mouse game between the chosen Jigsaw successor, Mark Hoffman, and the stubborn but intrepid agent Peter Strom as he races to uncover the truth about Detective Hoffman before the John Kramer legacy buries him completely. Personally, this movie is where all the pieces of this franchise come together, not to make the entire picture, but just enough to give the viewer a startling look into the endgame of the game of death that seems to be without end. <laughs> is it not? That was a good one. Okay. That was a good one. They're only getting better. I think I can pull another really good one out of me later on. <laughs> um, well, I should say, the reason I hyped that up was because, unlike the other movies, there's not much in the way of production for this. It seemed mm -hmm. like this point, it was just like, you show up for work, you clock in, you make a Saw movie. It's just like, boom, boom, let's crank this out. Um, at least production-wise. Um 
However, this is where it started to change, so it's noteworthy. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, because they cranked these things out in, like, 11 months, they started <gasps> production <laughs> Christmas of 2007. Uh, and a release... good start to a Christmas season. Yeah, I agree. Especially because <laughs> they all they make all these in, like, Canada, so it's they got to have all winter in Canada making Saw. Oh, um, yeah. And, of course, released Halloween of 2008 in classic Saw fashion. Um the production designer, David Hackle, he worked um, from Saw 2 uh, to 4. He also did Repo and The Riverman, which is that Carrie Elwes Ted Bundy movie I mentioned a couple episodes oh, back. Oh, yeah. So he's he's like a big-time production designer, and he's just been with the franchise for so long that they picked him to be director, I suppose. Because uh, Darylin okay. Bowsman was like, I'm making Repo. Leave me alone. True. Uh, so... It's the same writers, like I said, they're continuing their trilogy. This is the second movie in their, like, pitched three-movie deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, James Wan and Lee Winnell continue to be executive producers. They will be for every single Saw movie. Yes. Um, so I guess I could just say that so that if I don't include it again, it's not like they didn't produce it. They did. I just, they do. It's There's nine of them. They, it, There's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing left I have for production is, uh, th- so it came out in October of um, 2008, mm-hmm. the same uh, couple of weeks as High School Musical 3. Oh, no. And Why does that movie keep coming up in my life this week? It, it gets worse. So um, <clears throat> every Saw movie before it opened to number one at the box office. But because of High School Musical 3, it opened at number two, which I think truly started the death knell of the franchise in the studio's eyes. I and it's, could believe it's, that. Danny, it's all Zac Efron's fault. Damn it, Zephron. So the cast. Because <laughs> it's, literally, it's literally all I have is they were just like, and then they made a fifth movie, and moving on. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Um, oh, okay. Guess we're just kind of cranking these out. So, uh, much like us with our episodes. So, hey. um, I think I kind of did an alliterative nature here pretty well also. So, obviously, a lot of people repeat in this movie from the last uh, movie or two. Mm-hmm. Scott Patterson obviously continues killing it as Strom. Costas Mandalore yes. continues ruling as Hoffman. And uh, Tobin Bell appears in flashbacks, also killing it. And Betsy Russell, of course, is amazing as Jill. Now, with that out of the way, we can get to the new people. Because there are Mm -hmm. several of them, and boy, are they a weird assortment. Yeah. So the trap plot people are where it starts to get fresh. So up top, uh, and we'll get more into the uh, trap plot a little bit later, uh, but just at least these are people that are going to be in this. Uh, we have Britt, who's the real estate developer. She's played by Julie Benz, who I know a lot from uh, Dexter. She was Rita. Uh, she was in Rambo 2008. She's been in Hawaii Five O, Defiance, and she was Darla in Angel. Does that mean anything to you, Danny? It's been a minute since I've rewatched Angel. <laughs> the name sounds familiar, but I I'm thinking of the wrong person. I think. Because well, I, I didn't w- recognize her in the movie. Okay. Well, because she had a different color hair. She's normally blonde. Yeah, that might be it. 
So, because I, I mean, I only write it down because I'm like, Danny's trash for Buffy and Angel. He'll probably know yeah, who she he is. is. Um, but I'm I was going that's... to stop it at uh, the fact that she's like the main lady in George of the Jungle, also. Oh, with um, Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I don't know. She's I've been in a lot. Um, she's fantastic in Dexter. Uh, it's the first time I ever cried at a season finale was in that show. <laughs> so Dexter's, Dexter is great. Uh, then you have Luba, who's the city planner. Um, she's played by Megan Good, who also shows up all over the place. Uh, she's most noteworthy in Anchorman 2. She's like the like executive that uh, Ron Burgundy like gets with. She's like the black woman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's the woman in Saw 5. <laughs> <laughs> who dies in the bathtub. Um, she's also in Think Like a Man, The Intruder, and Shazam. Oh, wow. Charles, who's the investigative journalist, he's played by Carlo Rota. Uh, he's in the Boondock Saints, um, an Othello miniseries. He's um, voiceover, and he's Loki in uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, he's in The Flash, and he's also in uh, Baraska, that like podcast I was talking to you about that um, mm-hmm. uh, the Flanagans were involved with. Yeah, he's in that also. Hell uh, yeah, man! Fuck, it's such it's so good. Um, then Malik, who's the last guy, the the tweaker rich kid, he's played by Greg Brick. He was in Ad Astra, Frontier, Channel Zero, which we'll definitely cover one day. Uh, he also was in Rain. He was in a voice in Far Cry 5. And he was in A Handmaid's Tale, which, coincidentally, one of the main characters from Spiral is one of the main characters in Handmaid's Tale. The, like, Ooh. other the other detective with Chris Rock, that guy, mm-hmm. he's, like, the fourth or fifth main character in Handmaid's Tale. Interesting. Yeah, I've never watched Handman's Tale. It's it's depressing, but it's really good. That's what I keep hearing. So I'm like intrigued it, enough that I'll watch it at some point, but I'm in no rush. Like it just like I read the book in high school, and it just I was like, oh, that's kind of a bummer. And then the show came out, and I'm like, oh, that's gonna be rough. And then they're like, we're gonna go beyond the book. I'm like, oh, that seems like oh, really no. uncomfy. And then I then I was watching the show, and I'm like. This just makes me, like, upset. I don't want to watch this anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, no, it's very good. Um, my last noteworthy person in the cast I want to talk about is Special Agent Earpiece, or, uh, <laughs> or Special Agent uh, Dan Erickson, who's played by uh, um, Mark Ralston. He's been fucking everywhere. Uh, he was in the Shawshank Redemption. We talked about him in Aliens. He was in Aliens. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in The Departed. And he does a lot of voiceover work, too. He does Lex Luthor in Young Justice and the in- Injustice games. Okay. Uh, he's Norman Osborn in the Spider-Man PS4 game. Oh, hell yeah. And he's Deathstroke in Arkham Origins and Night. Your favorite. I, that's how I knew him. I'm like, no shit. Like, the guy that voices <laughs> Deathstroke was Agent Earpiece from Saw 5. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I got excited. Um... You'll, I think, appreciate this because we did uh, Rob Zombie. Uh, mm-hmm. His part was initially written for um, William Forsyth, 
who is like the um, scary dude You're from kidding. Devil's Rejects. Yeah, could you imagine that? He'd be so much scarier. That would be a very different special agent earpiece. I'd be like, oh, he's probably a fucking jigsaw killer. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> fucking, he's scary as fuck, man. I'm so afraid Ooh. of William Forsythe. Yeah. Um, but with that, we can start talking about the traps. So, cold open trap, because we have to, there's normally one. Because it's a Saw movie. It's a Saw movie. There's only been, like, two that haven't, and they've already, like, kind of arguably had one. Mm -hmm. This is the pendulum trap. It's very infamous for that. It's, like, the pit and the pendulum, like the Edgar Allan Poe story, uh, where a gentleman is uh, strapped down to a, like, altar while a swinging blade moves closer and closer to cutting him in half. Mm -hmm. Now he has to break his fingers in order to release himself. Yeah, he, has he to, goes I believe I believe in the tape it says he has to crush his bones to dust. Yeah, yeah. I which mean, is yes, a great visual. <laughs> Intense. Ugh. So he does that. It doesn't stop. Interesting. Trap he he did what he was supposed to do. Um, we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, the bum, trap, bum, bum, bum. the trap, at least, is noteworthy because uh, for a lot of it, it was a real pendulum. <laughs> yeah, like it wasn't until they were like filming it where like the guy was in the fake body and they were swinging it that it was mm -hmm. like foam. But like every other shot, it was like fucking real. <laughs> That's kind of terrifying. Yeah, it's they just they just play with fire on these sets. They really do. Um. Next, the fucking, Danny, the fucking box trap. Okay, real talk, the box trap is one of my favorites because it's, it's just so, so simple good. but so horrifying. It, dude, it's, it's the my nightmare one. It, like, that would yeah. be the one I'd be like, fuck this. Like, I wish I could just kill myself. Mm -hmm. So um, it's also on a lot of the marketing because it's fucking just so iconic. For even like well, it's even, a great visual. It's a great visual image for this movie, dude. The way like the, it's edited and like, it's just a perfect trap because like it, when it's in that like there's like a light in it, and they do like the sweep up to it. It's just mm -hmm. like the only oh it's fucking rules, especially because it's like all real, like they actually were filling a box on no. Scott Peterson's head, and he was like like so. He was apprehensive about sticking his head in a sealed box, which would fill with water, because you can't use a stunt double because the face is right there. Yeah. So the trap was tested beforehand, and it didn't go well, which only oh, added to his no. concern. <laughs> he ultimately stepped up and did the scene himself. The trick to the stunt is that the walls of the box slid open by stagehands. So, like, it would fill with water, and they would just push up on these panels, and the whole box would just collapse. So, like, the water would immediately drain and it wouldn't take any time they could get right to his face if he needed any medical attention um, okay so uh several takes <sighs> were required but to capture the scene he found himself uncomfortable at various points during the shooting because again he's actually drowning like mm -hmm. that's what he's doing and they just have to cut it you know before he drowns so but <sighs> man that's like it's such a good fucking trap because mm -hmm. like, that's another one, just like the pendulum, that's designed to kill somebody. It's not a test. Yeah. It's an execution. Well, yeah, he didn't even have a uh, 
like note or um, audio tape because his no, head it is was... in a cage, yeah, in a ca- uh, cube. I guess that's I guess that's kind of important. But the uh, so the movie begins obviously at the end of the last. You know, we find Strom is in the sick room. He's just killed Jeff. You know, he mm-hmm. goes into the room and the doors become sealed because Hoffman seals them. From there, we pick up right at that point. He gets a tape that basically just says, like, hey, stop pursuing me. Like, mm-hmm. Agent Strom, stop pursuing me. Like, this is your only warning. He says, fuck that. And he finds a secret exit out, but he's immediately kidnapped and put into this box trap that essentially is he's sitting on a stool and his head is encased in, like, a like a two-foot-by-two-foot, two like, box. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's smaller than that. It's, like, it's, pretty, it's just, like, big enough for his head. And there's yeah. two hoses that are in it that are attached to, like, large gallons of water that will clearly fill this thing in, like, seconds. Mm-hmm. He has a few seconds to compute this before the water, be- you know, starts to drown him. And it just does. Yeah. But he, t- he has, luckily, he's got a pen. He takes out, he does that crazy trick where he just, like, makes, like, a, like a um, he gives himself, I can't remember the fucking procedure. But, um. He stabs himself. In the yeah, wind he stabs pipe. himself in the windpipe, a tracheectomy. He's, he puts is. a hose into his throat that he can breathe out of because he can't breathe out of his face. Um, I wouldn't be able to do that. I hate throat nope. stuff. So uh, I would have died. That so, would fuck with me too much. I can beat the saw, the cold open saw true trap, but I saw five would kill me. I couldn't do it. Yeah. So, oh, man, it's just so fucking incredible. I, I love that we just had a time to just gush about that track because it's so well, fucking yeah. cool. It's, again, it's one of my favorite types of saw traps because it is something that is just so simple and so possible. Yeah. But yet so terrifying at the same time because of what they have to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like, you know, like the traps, like we'll get to for uh, Spiral. Where I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't even want to attempt this because, like, it's the it's too it it's just as bad as if this trap killed me. Mm-hmm. You know, like honestly, I'm like, I kind of just want to die. <laughs> like, this is fucking yeah. horrible. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like those are simple in the ways that like they're just gonna fucking like you're asking the impossible. Like that's yeah. it's the same sort of thing. Um, so again, we're kind of just moving right along. Uh, we can talk about the trap plot. I think we can talk yes. about everything in the trap plot separate from from the rest of the movie. So we can talk about okay. like all of it here up mm-hmm. until, obviously, the spoiler territory. So we will stop yes. before the blood coffin. Yes. That's an Easter egg for later. So... I, you, say, you, are, you, just, you just claimed to me that you were underwhelmed by this trap. I, I am comparatively to some of these other movies. I, this is not one of my favorite trap plots, though I know it's one of yours. So we're gonna have a very fun conversation. It's everybody's favorite. What are you talking about? I don't think that's true. I know it for to be certain. (laughs) Anyway, I don't know. Let. You know what? We'll let the viewer decide. We'll let the listener decide. I will explain yes. it, and then you can tell me your problems with it. So here's the sitch. There are five individuals that wake up in a single room. 
Now, these are like the first like boxcar traps I call them. It's like like when they build their little dioramas for like explaining how the trap works. It's kind of just uh-huh. like a shoebox next to a shoebox next to a shoebox. So it's like boom, 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 a couple of quick rooms, and then you're done. Yeah. Losing people along the way, standard escape. It's pretty much what all of Escape Room the movie is about. That's yes. that's that's what that is. So um, there's five individuals that wake up with collars on, um, with like a like a metal cord attached to the collar that goes past a uh, like a razor blade that if it was yanked on hard enough the person would be pulled back and be decapitated so mm-hmm. they are all lined up in lockers um waking up at the same time uh i think their chemistry is fucking amazing like i'll talk about later that like everyone is a fucking expert level selfish prick oh yeah and it makes all of them intrinsically good survivalists though like, every single mm-hmm. person in this trap is great at winning jigsaw puzzles. Because they all have mm-hmm. that survival instinct. Like, we talked about the last movie with that woman that was immediately just like, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. Um, but this time, them being good survivalists, unfortunately, isn't an asset. It's a flaw. Like, this mm-hmm. is the one game that you can't be smart in. Which that on its own merits alone, at least in my opinion, Danny, would warrant some more respect. <laughs> um, You're really going to take all this right at me. Oh, yeah. I'm just room by room. I'm just going to throw it at you. <laughs> <laughs> so these, so this trap, obviously, at the beginning, they get their introduction tape. Um, they're all told that they have... Uh, you know, inborn advantages that they have squandered and have used to uh, just oppress other people. And uh, that would give them lifelong instincts to be good survivalists. But the goal of the game was to do the opposite, as that's all he says mm-hmm. is, you know, I implore you to do the opposite of what your instincts tell you to do. And this yes. is not the first time he's done that. He seems to kind of throw that in at least once a movie. Um, someone kind of thinking more literal than they normally would. Um, so I think it's uh, it's at least worth a note that since the trap is trying to target corruption and the past, the buck effect of like bureaucracy is like, oh, that's not my problem. That's someone else's problem. I'm not going to deal with mm-hmm. it. Uh, if that movie, if the movie was made now and they wanted to do something about like how privilege has made people bad, it could just as easily be some kind of like the purge like hack statement on like, oh like upper class privilege or like a white privilege or something like that, mm-hmm. um, which of course exists and is important. It's just not as compelling for a movie, at least in my opinion. I'm just like I'd rather see something that doesn't remind me of how shitty real life is. I'm trying to watch yeah. a serial killer murder people with traps. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know that not everyone agrees with that. So like, that's totally fine. Um, but I'm, it's just kind of refreshing that the advantages from birth aren't money or the color of their skin. It's like their survival instincts. Like it's their drive. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first room, the object is they need to reach keys on the other side of the room to free their collars but they all share the exact same length of cord so if one goes the others get pulled back so obviously they all fight for the keys um they Mm -hmm. lose somebody along the way because they've got to because you can't have a trap not kill somebody so far the only one that hasn't killed somebody is the reverse bear trap and it will kill somebody eventually yeah it will oh man watch that scene again priceless 
It was oh, so good. I can't wait. I can't oh, wait. Oh, man. It's so like, mm, yes. Okay. <laughs> anyway. I, I, I told We're getting you, ahead of ourselves yeah, here. I, I told you. But I So for the listener, I watched all three Saw movies in the last two days because I was just like, I need something to fill my brain. So I've watched all the rest of them just because I'm like, I'll just take notes and I'll, I'll be prepared ahead of time. And it resulted in a, such a huge fucking asteroid meteor of lore dropped into an otherwise like relatively okay streamlined script that I just <laughs> couldn't do. So I needed to sprinkle it among the like last couple of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> like I just everything is fresh for me. So like the rest of these movies, I like I have like a new shine on them because I've just watched the rest of them. So I see how it all ends, and I'm like, oh, I see, see, they're, like, already doing that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's just, I guess, okay, so for the trap plot, it's shot completely chronologically. Every single I think that's cool. day on set was a progression of their story. Those are already very cool, but for a movie like this, it's crazy because, like, you know, you won't know day to day like what the new trap's gonna look like. You're like, so you along with the characters, are like, oh, what the fuck is this? Like, we gotta figure mm-hmm. this out. And then you're filming on that for like a couple of days, and then you have another one. Um, but it it's just so fucking cool the way that they interact with each other, the way they interact with the traps that are all yeah. kind of designed to be like prove that you have a better survival instinct than this other person, or it's seemingly to be like. This is how they're interpreting it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just so great how they interact with it and with each other. Like, as they're trying to figure out why they're all there. Because they're all supposed to be connected somehow. And they're trying to figure out how that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, that alone, I feel like, warrants a bit more respect. <laughs> They've done that one before. Uh, sure. Okay, sure they have. Saw um, two, baby. I also love that they're all really smart in the situation. I mean, most of the time you have a movie where like it's a trap or a puzzle. A lot of the times viewers are just shouting like, why don't they do this? Why don't they do this? They're each contributing a novel or legitimate good idea. Like each of them have something to bring and all of them benefit from each other's knowledge. Like they're not going to figure it out on their own. They're figuring out together and they're Mm -hmm. doing it in a way that like normal people would go. Like everyone just has a good piece, you know, then they obviously put it together and they can figure it out together. Yeah, um, it's just refreshing as an idea instead of like having a group of people be in a situation where half of them are just like crying or screaming. Why are you doing this? Like every uh-huh. other jigsaw victim does. Again, I think yeah. that that merits a little bit of respect. <laughs> just lobbing these over the fence at you. <laughs> if you say, I think it merits respect one more goddamn time. Danny, we're we're not even out of the first room yet. <laughs> Although I don't have a lot of I don't have a lot of notes on just like the intermittent traps because they are all they kind of just follow that theme of mm-hmm. like, doing that. But I guess you know just for the sake of talking about the traps, just I'll just describe them briefly. Um, the next one is a tunnel trap where there's a series of nail bombs scattered throughout the room, and there's a collection of keys and a bunch of jars on the ceiling, and they need to find the keys that unlock the grates to these like long sewer tunnels that will protect them from the blasts. Um, mm-hmm. It just like you know, like just kind of like find the key before the bomb goes off, sort of thing. Um, then they have a bathtub where uh, they're supposed to close a circuit to this bath water. Um, 
but they need to be holding it, so obviously they'll be shocked, if, and if they hold all of them, presumably to death. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's great also that the regret that builds among the trap victims as they're going through and they're realizing why they are there, um, which I think isn't really a spoiler. Like, the spoiler is what happens at the end of the trap. The spoiler isn't why they're there. Um, yeah. It, plus, it kind of helps, especially if you're a first-time viewer and you're kind of confused because it really is thick in there. Um, yeah. So the group of them are all people of varying backgrounds that all played a part in this big like scam for land development and a real estate deal to like basically burn down this like house that was there or this building that was supposed to be abandoned but there were people living inside of it and it mm-hmm. was like up in the air whether they knew about it so it was like the person that set the fire you know the person that put up the money for the job the real estate developer that wanted the land the person that handled the deal the reporter that like buried the story mm-hmm. um so they're as they're figuring this out they're like yeah we're all fucking monsters we all deserve to be here like yeah, yeah we all did this not one of them's like no fuck this it's not on me they're like yeah we did something wrong and each trap they're like hey we just want to figure out the rules like they weren't questioning shit they're like okay i'm thinking this is the way this trap works close the door let's hear the rules and we'll we'll, we'll go through it so they're trying to actively learn something and take something out of this experience despite the mm-hmm. fact that it is designed to murder them yeah. Um, I just think that it's cool, especially because we'll see two of the people in uh, Saw 7 when we get to the uh, the support groups. Mm-hmm. So I think that's just even more evidence to suggest the cult of Jigsaw Angle could totally work. Because the vast majority of people that we've seen survive have been like, yep, I needed that. I get mm-hmm. exactly what the mission was. They're not like itching to sign up, but they're like, I get it. Like, I have the perspective now. I value my life. Yeah. Um, and that's all I have for the trap plot before the spoiler territory, which means we can get to the rest of our movie notes. Yeah. So please take it away. So, yeah. So like we mentioned before, this movie jumps off immediately after where Saw 4 left off with Strom finding Jeff and the tomb of Jigsaw, essentially. And then we follow a cat and mouse game between um, Agent Strom and... Uh, Detective Hoffman, pretty much the entire movie, which Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say it. I loved these two in this movie, and I know I've mentioned this before, (laughs) but they still look really similar in some scenes. I've just seen the movies a lot. Maybe I can tell the difference. And I've also seen Gilmore Girls, so I'm just used to seeing it. It always just, to me, looks like Luke and Discount Luke from Gilmore Girls. (laughs) Okay, fine. I mean, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it's great because starting in this movie, they start doing the previously on Saws because, again, the movies get more and more in the weeds by the movie, and they need you to, like, be on the same Follow page along. with them before they, like, yeah. keep going. It's the parts of the conversation, like, that you and I will have where I'm like, do you get that? <laughs> like, you know, mm-hmm. you're off to speed? Cool, now I'm going to change it. Like, it's just me fucking pitching you our show idea. <laughs> yeah. Just me sitting literally with a cork board of shit going, <laughs> okay, I don't know how this works, but this is, this is a very important, write, write this down, write that down. Um, but so they're doing this rather well and they're gonna, you're going to need the catch up, honestly. 
because they're going to reference shit and they're going to flash back to things that they didn't put in the previous Leons. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess, yeah, so yeah, we already kind of talked about the scene where he's left in the room and there's that tape that Jigsaw is saying, like, hey, stop. Uh, this is the second movie in a row where uh, Jigsaw has told somebody to stop. And we know from experience that um, if he you tells should listen. you not to do something, yeah, you're right. He shouldn't do it. <sighs> Man. Um, but like you said, we're following Strom pursuing Hoffman. Because we know Hoffman is the Jigsaw killer. But he put Strom in that head trap mm-hmm. so that... Hoffman could come out and be like, oh, yeah, man. Yeah, all of Saw 3 happened, and they're like, all that shit, all those bodies are there. They're finding out all these traps, and they're finding Jigsaw dead. And he's like, oh, yeah, man. Whew. I was the only survivor. You know, my straps, like, fucking slipped, and uh, yeah, I managed to get out. Mm-hmm. And um, the police so far have bought that story. Because, um, again, Hoffman is good at what he does. At he's good at it. selling it. Especially yeah. fucking next movie. Oh, my God. It was stressing me the fuck out when they're like, yeah, uh, Hoffman, I think you're, uh, that's weird, a weird coincidence, right? And he's like, yeah, totally cool. Like, he just keeps his cool the whole mm-hmm. time. Well, and, like, uh, one of my favorite scenes in this movie is an interaction between Strom and Hoffman after they find Strom has survived the cube, and he's in his hospital room looking, yeah. and It was before he knew, though. Like, he didn't it's know It's before yet. he knows, but he, it's his first instinct to be like, how did you just get out unscathed? I didn't leave unscathed. I had to cut into my neck. You look like you're just fine. Yeah, because he feeds in that line of like, yeah, my straps came loose. And Strom's like, don't give me that bullshit. Jigsaw doesn't make mistakes like that. Because he's fucking mm-hmm. correct. So yeah. I don't know why Hoffman didn't just be like, yeah, Rig chose to s- kill himself rather than kill me or something. I don't know. You could make something up. Yeah. Like, no one will fucking care. <laughs> they don't know. And um, Rick's not there to tell yeah, you he, you're dead. wrong. Everyone, he's dead. Yeah, like, he truly, like, they had that scene um, with, uh, when they honor Hoffman as being like, you're the detective that brought down the jigsaw killer. Congratulations. It's like this big press conference, and he gets honored, and they, they're, like, doing an in-memoriam of all the cops that have died since Saw 1's, like, from Detective Tap, like, all the mm-hmm. way through Matthews in the last movie, Carrie, Rig, everybody that's fucking dead and yep. he just so he's like they're like yeah man you survived congratulations you were there from the very beginning and they're like hey guys the jigsaw murders are over we're and done new jigsaw stands up and literally if you listen back to what he says he's literally just like hey man i've learned that uh justice is important um life is sacred you should cherish your life and uh, justice has been done and i'm like you just flexed on like five dead cops because you were like I'm Jigsaw, Jigsaw 1, peace out, fuckers. Yep. I appreciate that he did that. Yeah, that's... uh, He really does play things so cool in this movie and the next one. Which I think is great, because it gets you to root for him in this movie. At Mm -hmm. least, maybe, again, maybe because I'm fucking wrong about (laughs) everything. Uh, When I watched the movie, I was like fuck, man, Strom is, like, on to him. I wasn't like, yes, Strom, like, fucking find shit out. Like, I feel like if I watch this movie with anybody else, they'd be, like, rooting for Strom, and I'm like, oh, he's, like, the bad guy to me. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want, I want Hoffman to keep going, because he's good at being Jigsaw. Mm-hmm. 
But, oh, I mean, man. he, as we'll see later, he has his own proclivities. Um, but for the most part, I think he's great. at. He's perfect at his job. Like, yeah. He's per- he was born to be a jigsaw protege. Mm-hmm. Um, we also get to split time with uh, Jill because now the jigsaw yes. is well and truly dead. He has a living, he, he has a will and mm-hmm. uh, Jill is in that will. And uh, so she goes to see her lawyer, not Art, but another lawyer. Because yeah, yeah. um, Art's fucking dead too. Because fucking yep. everyone's dead. <laughs> Yeah, he's um, gone. So, you know, the lawyer plays her this tape that John recorded before he he died. And how I know I really love her and John's relationship is that you seemed like from the from Soft 4 that she was cold, distant, didn't want anything to do with him. And this mm-hmm. movie, we see that she's still in love with him. Yeah. And in the next movie, we, well, we see it in this movie to some extent. But to the next movie, obviously more so, where it's like not only was she in love with him, she also was helping him. <laughs> like, she was yeah. also, like, somewhat involved. So, like, she didn't want to be, but because she loved him, she stays involved. That's actually, you're, you hit a nerve, because that's exactly where I went off on one of my huge bulk tangents, <laughs> where I was like, I don't think she's actually in to the game and the work. She just loves John so much and knows that he wants this to happen. So for the sake of his legacy, she'll do it. But the second he's gone, she's like, okay, for his sake, I'm getting rid of this shit. Yeah. Um, but he leaves her. I mean, I think that's it. the whole thing is evident where the first thing on the tape, he says that he, sh- he, he straight up tells her that he blames himself even to his dying day uh-huh. um, for Gideon. Uh, which immediately causes her to cry. Uh, Naturally. And he outwardly recognizes that he can't explain nor defend what he's doing. But yes. he But he just believes in it nonetheless. He tells that very honestly. And that she keeps crying again. Because, again, she still loves him. And she's just like, he didn't, sh- like, because before she was like, oh, Jigsaw and John Kramer are two totally different people. He went to that crash, a different man, came out totally different nothing to do yes with it. this this is the first time that she sees that he's in there and i think that's when he wins her back kind of from beyond the grave as it were mm-hmm. to be like i'll do this for him oh uh, yeah and he leaves her this box a very bah, bah, this bah, like bah. literally it might as well be a huge easter egg and she's yeah. just like she opens up the easter egg box and the lawyer's literally like hey what's in there and she just kind of is like thanks i'll be leaving now and you're like god damn it and you're like hey i bet there's another saw movie in I there i bet that's another saw movie <laughs> yeah um <laughs> but uh we know it has something to do with the game that's currently going on because hoffman goes to her and is like i need the file so i can do this because john told me to start it but he left mm-hmm. the details with you so oh no i lied that's six Forget it. Forget everything I just said. <laughs> I'm sorry. Maybe this was okay. a bad idea to watch all of them. That's um, why I'm the one who just watched this one, and you got good, good, far good, enough good, ahead good. that I can keep yeah, us on again, track. At some point, there are no borders to Saw movies for me. I'm just like, this thing just happens, and it bleeds over like three movies. So I'm just gonna yeah. kind of address it. Um, so Hoffman's deal for this whole time is. That he needs to cover his tracks. 
because mm-hmm. right after he's honored, he receives an envelope that simply says, I know who you are. Yep. He doesn't know what it means. He just knows that someone knows who someone knows that he's a jigsaw accomplice. And mm-hmm. once Peter Strom starts picking up, Kurt starts like kind of, you know, poking around. He assumes that it's something to do with the FBI, some loose yeah. end with the FBI that he just now needs to tie up. And that how he ties up that loose end is that he just straight up frames Strom as a jigsaw accomplice. Yeah, and he does it really very effectively. well <laughs> in a very short period of time with pretty much nothing. With yeah, with no hesitation, no real like chinks in the armor, he just no. full on immediately is able to convince everybody like, that Strom is shady fucking, as shit. He's perfect at throwing suspicion onto Strom. Like, I've never seen anything like it. Like, literally nothing short of, like, Iago from Othello was as, like, <laughs> opportunistic. Uh-huh. See, I can reference other things other than Mortal Kombat. I also read. Hey, we okay, got I'm a Shakespeare bit, in on this I'm one. a little bit cultured. Yeah, Shakespeare and Saw. Write that in your fucking thesis. <laughs> I would if I was a grad student for theater, but I'm a grad student for psych. So... Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just so excited to talk about these movies now because <laughs> we're getting into like the parts that I really, really like. So mm-hmm. like it just kind of all explodes. Um, I don't know. It wasn't very important what I was saying, I'm sure. But uh, I think we can start talking about Strom then because Strom yes. then starts to go out on, okay, someone clearly attacked me. Strom- mm-hmm. that Hoffman looks as suspicious. It's probably him. I'm going to go look in the files and we see uh, a very early victim of what we presumed was Jigsaw is the man mm-hmm. Seth Baxter, who died in the cold open trap in the pendulum. In the pendulum. This guy is important because Seth Baxter murdered Hoffman's younger sister, the mm-hmm. only family that he had. And we've, as we're, we develop, because Strom is finding it out. We're basically just finding out Strom's whole arc is to just establish how Hoffman met John and how yes. he became a jigsaw protege. So in that he discovers that the only family that Hoffman had was his sister. Um, her boyfriend, Seth uh, murdered her and uh, went to prison, but he got off on a technicality and it was free. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, he couldn't take it. So he decided that he was going to murder Seth Baxter, but frame it as a jigsaw murder. And he used, you know, the pendulum, he cut the piece, he did everything. And it was uh-huh. just when the murders kind of started to get all put together as like, oh, this is like a big deal. So mm-hmm. it kind of just went right under the radar. And yeah. then from then on, he was attached to all the murders. Um, but so... I don't know. I guess just like clearly, we know that Hoffman is the protege already, and like we're uh-huh. d- we're getting wh- why, but Strom really makes some truly massive deductive leaps to immediately recognize that Hoffman killed Seth Baxter and not Jigsaw. Yeah, because they have the flashback scene where like he shows up to the crime scene to like act surprised, and I'm like, I know you did it, and I'm convinced you didn't do it. Like he mm-hmm. he plays it so well, so I'm like. He wasn't even suspicious. He was just like, fucking yeah, I know that guy. Killed my sister. And the next guy was like, fucking yeah, man, God is just desserts, man. Maybe this guy's onto something. And I'm like, whoa, if anyone's suspicious, oh it's this God. other guy. 
Like, if you killed somebody and then came over <laughs> and was like, wow, whoever killed them must have been, like, really, really wanted, the, like, O.J. Simpson. The, listen, if I did kill her, wouldn't it prove that I just, like, really loved her a lot? Like, Fucking exactly. O.J. Simpson. Yeah, he would have been a horrible jigsaw accomplice. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, moving on. <laughs> um, so, I mean, obviously, John knows that he didn't kill that guy. And he yeah. pretty much immediately also figures out that Hoffman did it. So mm-hmm. he goes to abduct him so they can have a tr- have a little talk. Um, but the scene beforehand, it's like Hoffman going back to his apartment. It literally feels like a scene out of Scary Movie. Like It it's really does. so silly. And it makes me laugh. Because he, like, goes over to, like, he hears some screaming, and he goes to, like, pull his gun out, and he goes to, like, hit the door, and then this mm-hmm. dog comes out, and this larger black woman is screaming at it, like, don't provoke him, don't provoke him, and then she just leaves, and he's like, oh, guess it's all right, and then, like, now you're like, okay, now here's where he'll, where he'll get kidnapped, and he goes over to the elevator, mm-hmm. and then, like, just people are in it, and they're like, get out of my way, you dick and then he's like oh okay sure <laughs> um also that scene marcus dunson and patrick melton are both have cameos they're in the elevator <laughs> i love it i love that but then he goes in the elevator and john's in there and <laughs> he's literally just like hey uh going up and he's like yeah sure and like he just stands there for a solid minute like looking at john who's clearly there to like abduct him and he's just kind of like my cop senses are not tingling at all. <laughs> yeah, he's like, this, this is exactly what I expect. Yeah. This is normal. Which is great because it plays right into, like, my favorite scene in my in what might be the entire franchise is this scene where it's him talking to John uh, mm-hmm. when he's got him rigged up with that shotgun. You know, if he moves, you know, from his restraints, his, his head's going to get blown off. Yeah. And John's there, and he's pretty much just kind of, like, um, roasted him. Literally, yeah, he's just sitting truly. there in his in fucking entire life. Um, he literally is just like, uh, you know, isn't it shitty that you're an alcoholic because your sister's dead? Hmm. I mean, normal people that go through that don't kill people in pendulum traps. What are you, an insane person? And he's yeah. like, um, you did that. And he's like, oh, no, I think killing is distasteful. I do this whole thing and explains his whole, like, diatribe. And he's mm-hmm. like... And I know you agree with it. You who killed this guy with a pendulum, which, by the way, is inferior. And I'm like, John, why are we flexing on your John goes hard on Hoffman. But then it's a really cool line because then after that he says, if you really want an edge, you're going to have to use tempered steel. Tempering's better for the long haul. Are you in this for the long haul? And I'm like, you just switched gears immediately into mm-hmm. you want in like he just expertly maneuvered that because he's like the answer is already yes i just want to see if he actually has the balls to do it so like, just commit yeah. to it um the only thing wrong with this scene unfortunately is that like it's like he goes for it he's like pull the trigger i don't give a shit and john doesn't and then he reveals that the gun is, like, he clicks the trigger to be like, just fucking with you, the gun wasn't loaded at all. And then they showed the gun was loaded. 
and I never got that. Yeah, one of the two barrels was loaded. Like, that's not how double-barrel shotguns work, guys. Just, no, it's not. It could have just been empty, because then it would be like, oh, fucking mind games, man. It wasn't even fucking loaded. But it was like, no, it just we just don't know how guns work. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, so we see this, in, this incredibly telling scene as to why Hoffman joined with John. I mean, I mm-hmm. would butcher it if I talked about it now. Like, just go watch it. It's fucking amazing. But yeah. then they immediately cut back to Strom like he saw exactly what we saw. Yeah. Like, all, he, all he knows now is that Strom might be involved. We know exactly why. And he's just like, so that's why you did it, huh? I'm like, where in your mind did you go to invent yeah, this Strom entire... Is, Strom is in for Hoffman the entire time he's doing it's, his research on he's him. He's like Aragorn in that scene in the, uh, the Two Towers when he like just goes to that like, mass of corpses and is like, this is exactly where Mary Pippin went and this is exactly the like, exact sequence of events, picture by picture, photo perfect. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I think Strom is a ranger. There's no way <laughs> that he would ever find this out, ever. Oh man, yeah. Um, but so as Strom starts going to old crime scenes, we get to see more and more of uh, what the relationship between John and Mark Hoffman was like as a protege. Uh, they seem to kind of talk as equals, not as much like, um you know, like, Messiah, like, disciple character, like, kind of thing that, like, Adam, uh, not Adam, Amanda and John had going on. Mm-hmm. Um, this is more like two men on a mission who are both in agreement. Um, because, like, that whole scene where they, like, go to kidnap the guy in the razor wire uh, trap, mm-hmm. they, like, can't do it. Like, they just keep <laughs> fucking it up. And I'm like, just bros bonding together, learning how to abduct people. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I love that, like, John starts on it, and Paul fights back, and John is suddenly, oh, fuck, fuck, yeah. fuck, and then, and then Hoffman big, shows up. Big, like, strong, tall, fucking Terminator-bodied Hoffman comes up, and Paul throws him off and starts strangling him, and I'm like, yeah. what the fuck is Paul on? <laughs> Paul was, was defending himself yeah. that day. Well, he, like, they meant, they showed him, like, that he was drinking, and then he was gonna go cut himself, I'm like, they should have just showed him doing a line of coke or something and be like, I'll fucking kill you guys. (laughs) Um, But that whole scene, you know, where they've set it up, uh, you know, John is explaining, like, you know, kind of like as if it was his first day on the job. Hoffman's, like, asking questions and he's, like, answering, Mm -hmm. like, literally as if he's showing him around the office or something. Um, Which is kind of fun, and I'm like, that'd be kind of, that'd be a fun summer, just being a jigsaw protege, being an intern for them, that'd be kind of fun. Oh, yikes. I would do it. <laughs> I know. Fun. <sighs> yeah, we all know that. Um, <laughs> anyway, he says something kind of poignant that originally I was ready to tear apart with you, but uh, then I watched Saw 6 and it explained perfectly. So um, I don't even really have a note of it anymore. But he says that, uh, you know, like, how like Hoffman asks him, how do you not like feel guilty or shit like during that? And John tells him that it can never be personal. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, John, um, everyone that you know is dead. You killed most of them. It's mostly personal. Um, but the next thing he says is, so he says it can never be personal. Emotionally, there can be nothing there. 
which I think is kind of actually telling if you think about it later, which is a whole other tangent that we will get into next episode on Sauce. Next episode, Sauce. Yeah, yeah tune in. Six. Yeah, I hope you're excited for me to explain that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so then he starts talking about, you know, like, hey, John, the cops are starting to close in. Like, Detective Tap and Singer are on the case now. He's like, they're going to figure it out. Like, you know, they're probably going to know. Uh, and, um, John basically goes, I know who the guy is. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to have you lead him to someone for me. And he gives Hoffman the pen light that he stole from, uh, Dr. Gordon Dr. at the Gordon. hospital, which is how the, mm-hmm. you know, they planted at the crime scene. And then, you know, the, t- the detectives came to talk to him. So he's been there like since the beginning. Like, mm-hmm. longer than Amanda. Like, he's been there the entire time. Yeah. Um, and I just the line that he says when he's like, I need you to lead them to something, someone for me. And he goes, a healer who needs some healing. And I'm like, man, I just love all the shit that he says about, like, Dr. Gordon. Like, mm-hmm. I was his patient and he was mine. Like, that type of cool shit. Like, man, that just, I love that shit. You know, they wrote that line and were like, yeah. That's going to be They're really like, good. They gave themselves like a high five for that yeah. one. They do what I do when I write like a kind of a stellar outline. I'm just like, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Hoffman, in addition to all of that, supplies the police files for all of the Jigsaw murders. It's how they have an intricate knowledge of that person's like legal history. Uh, he aids in abductions because he's big and strong and he's a cop. Yep. Uh, but... It seems like he was kind of left out of the design process. That seemed like it was more John's thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be clear in the later movies because his traps seem a lot more cruder and a lot more brutal, which yeah. is my big thesis for Saw 6, is that that is the one movie that I will argue maybe is a little bit torture porn because it's very intense. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that next week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the last thing I'll say... Um, regarding Hoffman's and where before it gets spoilery his uh impact on the games so far is that um that note that Amanda got in Saw 3 that threw her into a frenzy such that she ended up killing Lynn Denlin we see what that note is finally mm-hmm. well actually we don't see what it says we see who wrote it yes we see that Hoffman already kind of didn't see eye to eye with Amanda, you know, obviously because it was like John and him, he saw us kind of like partners or like they were equals. Um, and Amanda was just kind of like this weird chick that kind of fussed with their rhythm. Um, and he writes her a note that throws her into distress. And Mm -hmm. he kind of was citing precedent when he was telling John, like, Literally seconds before she came in with Lynn at the beginning of Saw 3, he was at John's deathbed being like, hey, I don't think that Amanda can do this. And he's like, oh, we'll see. And then John gave him the envelope that had all the people in the trap plot that we already talked about. Yeah. So that's where the movie kind of... I mean, it seems boring because I will give you this. This movie is the least like plot-driven. Like The trap yes. plot, yes, is there. And they do spend a lot of time on it, but it's because they can afford to spend time on it because there's not a lot of like moving parts happening. For mm-hmm. me, I, I really like this movie because I think the lore of this movie is 
you know, the, the whole franchise is awesome, and yeah. I love learning new shit about it. And this movie is just the dump of it that I really, really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, especially as someone who's watched all the movies already, this is like the type of shit that makes me start thinking about like all these weird little fan theory things, like where it's obviously it's it's just so niche that like even if you and I talked about it, you might not understand because I only half understand yeah. it myself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's why I want to read the fucking Saw Bible, so I can be like, yes, all the yeah. answers are here. Um, but So we're about to get into spoiler territory, but before we get into that, I just want to be like, it's this outline seemed less of an outline and just more a collection of facts, because mm-hmm. this movie works best non-linearly, because it it's kind of exists non-linearly in the storyline, because most of it, obviously, is flashbacks. So yes. it's just more like the side movie where it's like it fills you in on a bunch of shit and also the plot progresses but only like a little bit yeah this one very much is a lore based movie and not so much moving anything forward yeah but i mean i don't know but it also sets up a lot for the plot to move forward later which is why i i I do enjoy it Mm -hmm. are you like a i mean i can't really tell we haven't really done a lot of them aside from saw but are you, like, into that lore-based stuff? Like, do you get really into the weeds with that sort of thing? It depends on the franchise. Sometimes I really get into it, and sometimes I just couldn't be bothered with it. It really depends on how quickly and deeply it grabs me into the lore. So it's like, Saw is one I've always loved the lore for because it's just so compelling. Yes, it's so good. So it's not really a matter of if it's difficult to understand or if it's easy to understand just because i feel like just because we are into the lore of saw doesn't mean that it's so like complicated that someone won't understand it or they won't understand it if unless they've watched it like a hundred times like yeah yeah (laughs) like it's 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 not so much about that it's more about it's just like i know watching any good movie that has a twist in it once Mm -hmm. you see it and you know once you start talking about it, you're like, oh, wait, because you still haven't put all the pieces together. You know, that's yeah. like, obviously, the rewatches help the whole picture. So you can go like, okay, and at this part in the movie, this thing happens. So the movie becomes a lot less linear and just more becomes a whole story instead of something yeah. that's just told in, a, in parts. And that's where I think if you can cross that line as a viewer of movies, um, a lot more movies will make more sense um, mm-hmm. or at least will become more enjoyable. Because there's some that I haven't watched a lot. I mean, look at these movies. The last time I really watched through all of these movies as a franchise was, like, the beginning of college. Mm-hmm. So, like, I haven't really watched them with this fresh of a lens. And once I have, I've got a lot more um, appreciation. Especially because we're doing the show and we're trying to look specifically for the positives. So, like, yeah. my view isn't clouded by, like, looking at negativity. Mm-hmm. What about for you? Um, well, um, so getting into, yeah, I think one thing that I've really looked at, because I rewatched the latter half of this series right before we went and saw Spiral. Yeah, so this, um, Saw 5 was the first one. I watched the entire thing in one sitting before I went on to the rest of them before mm-hmm. Spiral. And yeah, I think you it just started at five. I remember coming home one day and you're like, I'm watching Saw 5. And I'm like, Awesome. Why? <laughs> I didn't think you um, liked Saw 5. 
And I will say, the more I've watched it, and the more, and watching it specifically for this time, I think you make a great point. Having that lens of just how to sell these movies to people who may not normally think about them has really helped me look more into the positives of the movie and ignore a lot more that normally I think I would, like, let myself hinder my enjoyment of a movie with. That's kind of been my thought this entire series, is that where this series lost people is that it dis- it decided to not just be a normal horror movie. It decided to have something bigger to it. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it just really decided to just flex on the horror community uh, for no yeah. reason. I mean, we, trust me, in the early 2000s, we did not deserve to be flexed on. But <laughs> we were flexed on nonetheless. And as such, I feel like because it was in a time where no one was flexing everyone, it was fucking flabby COVID quarantine bodies. No one was flexing. (laughs) It was just like, let's just do the same shit over and over and it'll probably be fine. Mm -hmm. No. These people said no. And their no has ushered in a lot of different types of movies because, I mean, they just went on to found other producing companies that just made the movies. I mean, Blumhouse wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Saw. Yeah, um, because paranormal activity wouldn't have happened, and then in, uh, the Conjuring wouldn't have happened. That wouldn't have launched everything. Yeah. So, I mean, Saw gets it should get the credit for that, but it also shouldn't just be around because it means something historically. It also it decides to be like, yeah, okay, we can do gore and horror, but we're just basically seasoning a cool story with gore. It's like what mm-hmm. Game of Thrones did with titties. Like, most of the scenes are literally only have titties to keep you fucking invested. There's a really mm-hmm. cool, like, monologue about, like, the nature of political intrigue and all that stuff. But most people are going to be like, fuck that. That's not entertaining. So, like, here's two women, you know, fucking each other while I'm talking about this. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. But, like, I don't need it. Mm-hmm. Saw doesn't need the torture to be interesting for me. The yeah. tracks could be completely censored, and I would be like, this is awesome. It's just because they're so raw and visceral, it makes the story a lot more raw and visceral. And I think I completely agree. If you can look at these movies not as torture movies, but as like crime movies, like we've been saying since the get-go, that's where they, they're good. That's like where I feel like people can appreciate them. But no one, when these movies came out, watched them that way. I mean, obviously, people did because they're so popular. But no mm-hmm. one that was that's job was to judge if movies were good or not. No one who did that got that with this movie. Which means they probably yeah. weren't thinking about it because they just had already dismissed it as something stupid. Which mm-hmm. I think is unfortunate. Because the second you make a movie a sequel, it loses like about half of its credibility. So yeah. people really like the original Saw movie. And I'm like, yeah, granted, it's awesome. I like these movies for the story because that's clearly where they cared a lot. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, oh, I don't care about the story. I'm like, well, then you just liked the cool artistic thing that Saw did and not so much the movie itself, at least in my yeah. opinion. I don't, I mean, I don't want to start debating film theory because it's a great way to lose the small listener who we already have uh-huh. um, because these, <laughs> this is, show is about introducing to amateurs so i would assume also amateurs probably don't watch a lot of movies mm-hmm. so i think it's just key to i don't know because it's also us doing it so there has to be sometimes yeah. i think listeners that you need to indulge us while we just say things that don't matter <laughs> yes for sure like to anybody but us 
So I guess with that, um, you ready to enter spoiler territory? Let's do it. Let's talk about these spoilers. Okay. So back to the trap plot. Mm-hmm. Um, the last trap. So the, they are down to two people. Three of the five have died in the last uh, three traps. Yes. Uh, they have two left in the last one. And as the traps have been going on, they've been getting smaller and smaller, as if the requirements are for less and less people. So they're anticipating mm-hmm. death. However, upon the last trap, they discover that, you know, so the trap is it's basically it's a big, large coffin-shaped device that is full of holes for hands and arms to go into. Mm-hmm. They must put their hands and arms into these slots, which will open a chute that will lead down to a weight, like a, with a bowl on it. And mm-hmm. uh, it will also activate these buzzsaw blades that are going to basically just cut their hands while they bleed into this tube. The tube mm-hmm. fills up with blood. The weight goes down. A door opens. Standard saw stuff. Very Rude Goldberg machine type S stuff. Yes. Except with people. Well, of course. So there's two people. You need, they need, what, 10 pints of blood? And there's mm-hmm. there's 16 in the body? That sounds about right. Yeah, but they need 10 pints of blood. So basically, mm-hmm. if there was one person there, they would die. Because they yes. can't survive with that with much. But there's two of them, so like, oh, we can each give half. And they're like, wait, but why, why, why are, are there, there five holes? Like, why are there enough holes for... Oh, wait, because every trap was supposed to have everyone live. Mm-hmm. Their survival instincts are, fuck everybody else, I'm in this for myself and trying to survive, when in reality, they all would have won if they worked together and could, they all could have survived. You know, the collars, the key, the same key could have opened all of the collars. The, <clears throat> um, the tunnels, big enough to hold more than one person. Yep. Uh, the bathtub of water, obviously, if they all grabbed one and touched the water, they'd be shocked, but they would live, as mm-hmm. opposed to one person being electrocuted to death with all five of them in the bathwater, yeah. which, they, which they did. And obviously, yeah. they would only have to give a little bit of blood, and they could mm-hmm. survive with just minor injuries, as opposed to um, some guy's arm literally being split in two down the middle, which yeah. the imagery still confuses and uh, disgusts me. Yeah. So they all contributed to the cover-up of the huge insurance real estate scam that killed all those people. Um, They all were suspicious as fuck of each other from the get-go because they all were, Mm -hmm. like, defensive of the same thing, which I think is very cool. Um, But, yeah, that that bloody coffin trap, uh, it's obviously very intense. I will give it that. Sometimes I'm like, oh, that's kind of nasty. But it... It, it truly was so intense that when Charlie Closer was watching the movie because he was going to go score it, uh, he couldn't watch that scene. <laughs> I don't blame him. Yeah. Like, the actual scene itself doesn't get me too much, but the aftermath when the one guy lifts yeah. his arm, I can't. It's just, like, it hanging on my nothing. It messes with me. At the same <sighs> time that, um, I mean, in his effort, it was perfectly flawless wild goose chase to get Strom uh, associated with the... Uh, the protege Hoffman uh-huh. uh, got uh, special agent Erickson, who is Strom and Perez's supervising Boss. agent. He showed up and been like, um, you Strom are not fit to be a part of this case anymore. I'm taking over. And he basically has been like Strom, you need to fucking sit out. Like again, like jigsaw being like, stop pursuing this. Like just take, it take easy. a break, like get off the case. We'll handle it. Um, and they won't handle it because Hoffman is way smarter than the FBI. Because he's yes. fucking Mark Hoffman. 
Um, so, so obviously because Strom doesn't want to leave because he's like Hoffman's jigsaw. I just need to prove it. Mm-hmm. Um, Erickson, his boss is suspicious as fuck of Strom because he's acting weird. And Hoffman's kind of like, Hey, I don't know if anyone told you this, but Strom was initially here because, uh, I don't know. They theorize that someone else other than Amanda Young and John Kramer were killing people. Um, but you wouldn't know anything about that, right? Okay, bye. And then Erickson's like, I think Strom just, like, wanted to put himself closer to the case because Mm -hmm. he's fucking Jigsaw. So it works effortlessly. So he tracks his phone down to the abandoned factory where the trap plot's going on. Uh, He finds all this evidence um, that Strom is Jigsaw. He has files on Erickson to make it look like he's going after him next. Because mm-hmm. uh, because presumably he has killed his partner Perez because she was you know she hit got hit in the face with that blast in yeah. the last movie, so Strom is fucked, but he has managed to track Hoffman down to Hoffman's like jigsaw lair, where he finds that glass coffin from the last movie that was just kind of briefly mentioned in the back. Yeah, it's like this glass coffin that's filled with shards of glass that doesn't mm-hmm. seem to have any particular like purpose. So when uh, Hoffman leaves a tape for Strom that tells him to get in it uh, or he'll die in that room, Strom says no. And uh, Hoffman and him fight. They have a struggle. He pushes Hoffman into the coffin, thinking that he would kill him. When Mm -hmm. in reality, the rest of the tape said, uh, if you don't get in the coffin, you're going to die. And the coffin like kind of like levels lowers into the the floor. floor. Yeah. While the uh, walls start to close in, like Star yeah, the Wars trash, trash compactors compactor. in <laughs> episode but four. Unlike every other movie, where like that's a bit, it works in this one. Yeah, it Strom doesn't is, stop. Strom is crushed to death, uh, fucking hardcore crushed to death in graphic detail. Ugh. Uh, they used real animal blood for that shot, and uh, the director went on record saying that he <clears throat> uh, regretted it because it stunk really really badly yeah, <laughs> which i can, I can imagine it. um also what i love is that uh scott patterson didn't know how the movie was gonna end um at the beginning of shooting the special effects team needed to do casts of his arms because there's a shot of like his arm getting broken against the wall later mm-hmm. on they just needed to get ready for it. that shot is also fucking gnarly gnarly uh, i don't like that one um but he's asking, like, what do I need these for? Like, I thought I was going to live. And um, he says that the technician was surprised that he didn't know, and he told him they were killing off his character. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fucking so funny. Um, so, I mean, I guess all in all, it's um, it's not the twistiest of movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, aside from the trap, but I would say maybe just with the way these movies have gone, someone other than Strom would probably find out that, you know, Hoffman was the killer and he'd be outed or something. I guess yeah. it's kind of a surprise that he, he you know, gets away, he gets with, away it with it. But it's just because they're like, well, we have another movie in mind. Um, I guess let's just dump all the lore and then kill the only person that might be able to stop our main character mm-hmm. and then his life gets worse like yeah. literally immediately 
to the point that I feel bad for him. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's Saw 5, man. <laughs> and that is Saw 5. That's uh, Strom gets crushed to death. That's it. Game over. Is that... I, I mean, at least for now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I say like, we got us two more, two more in the main lineage. Two more in the main canon, and then two interesting little vacation sidebars. Yeah, little sidebars, which are yeah. good when you treat them as sidebars. But, yes. Because uh, squ- square pegs don't fit round holes. Exactly. Follow our Instagram at the underscore square horror podcast. Send us requests and or comments at our email at squarehorrorpodcast at gmail.com. Also, I just got a poster for Spiral for my new job, so I'm ready to hang that in the new studio at school. Hell yeah, man. I'm hyped. Right. I'm, ex- I'm getting excited to head back to school. I'm, I've been excited this entire time. I can't wait. All right. All right. So that, that Until does it next for time. Us. Game over. Stay spooky out there. <laughs> <laughs>